0: Welcome to Literally Nothing Matters podcast, where your new besties, Amanda and Caitlin, will chat openly about everything that no one is talking about,
1: but everyone is secretly thinking. Together, we will debunk wellness
0: trends, navigate relationships, and begin the journey to become the best versions of ourselves. At the end of the day, just remember literally nothing matters. So grab your favorite
1: beverage and meet us every Monday for our weekly date. Wait, did we
2: just become best friends? Yep. Welcome back to literally nothing matters. Nothing. Literally nothing. Um, except
1: for today's episode because it's so good. Yes, nothing matters sorry,
2: except for I'm today's slow episode. Down. <laughs> um nice. how you doing we're
1: doing great it's yeah dry, yay it's nice and warm out steamy I love it I love the oh uh,
2: I know I just like actually right now I feel like it cooled down a little bit we opened up the windows get a little breeze going yep. but like the house was warm earlier and yeah. I was not doing well yeah I need to put in an AC
1: yeah know? I don't have the ac on today I was on yeah level, but really it feels like... me because I always Turn it off like the central air, and then you put it on, and it's like a million dollars. to Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I only like it when it's really hot, out. right?
2: It's like, <laughs> I just like want it like a gust of cold yeah. air, and then I get too cold, then I'll turn exactly, it down, and then I'll turn it exactly. back up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But no one tell him. <laughs> Does I'll he turn listen? It off
1: before, not anymore.
2: He used to be like, I don't <laughs> know. It's like, I'm over this. All you do is yeah. complain about me. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. It is all you do. LOL. Oh my gosh, how are you doing? I am good it's friday it's the weekend mm-hmm. it feels like summer That's right. i'm doing great That's great yeah cool um rose thorn rose, and rose, thorn. Thorn, no bud. rose thorn no bud what's, what's going on yeah we don't have time for that
1: <laughs> oh my gosh so my thorn is going to be i've mentioned it to you but I feel like I am just not grounded because mm. I'm making a million choices every single second of every yeah. single day. And I feel like I'm talking and I'm not actually processing what I'm saying. And mm. even on the episodes, I'll play it back. And I'm like, thank God I kind of made sense because <laughs> I, was talking, I had no idea what was coming out of my mouth. Like I could've yeah. been speaking gibberish for all I know. Mm-hmm. So that has been my thorn of just going too fast, too much, but it, it it's just reality right now, and yeah. it's where I am, and I think that I know other parents have been in this position, so just knowing I'm not absolutely insane in the membrane mm-hmm. is staying – is keeping me afloat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what
1: about you? Know, what do you got? Yeah.
2: Um. Well, I think a lot of people can relate to that, mm-hmm. so I think it's good that you share it because that's the whole point of this. It's like always
1: my thorn. You're like, what's going on? I'm like, why?
2: You're like, I'm tired, <laughs> but like also same. I feel like especially – when like i feel like i've been having a good run of a few weeks of not being not tired because that's probably my thorn but like i feel like especially in the beginning episodes like still really in that winter rut i was like truly yes. not doing well mentally and like you can see it on my face yeah and like half the episodes you're like what's your thorn and i'm like holding back tears Yes. <laughs> like yes oh. yep. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what's not my thorn yeah. everything is my thorn <laughs> But you know we're just so hashtag authentic. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Yeah. yeah but seriously, what is it? Um, Tell me more. like what is the most <laughs> way that I can say this with not having the wrong people hear it and okay. not getting in trouble? Fire. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have just been feeling a little bit like uninspired and like i'm not not that i'm not moving in the right direction i feel like my direction feels like there there's no direction okay (laughs) my direction feels like there is none um because i feel like for the longest time i had more like specific goals in terms of like what i wanted to do career wise and it's so much easier to feel motivated and like to not let the like tiredness and the hustle of it all get you down but I think we both know that I have I have rose and I have grown enough I don't want to rise and grind I don't want to hustle and
1: so quit your job and let's take the show on the road let's take the show on the road you know some live
2: shows who wants that I want that um yeah so I feel like I'm just kind of in a phase of like accepting that like what is the reality right now is not for forever. It's just a part of the journey and trying to really decide, like, what's next and what's going to be right. And also kind of unpacking of like why I don't feel so aligned anymore. Are you talking
1: more so in your career?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like specifically in my career, like I'm just feeling I'm feeling burnt out by the fitness space. I'm feeling like a little bit over it, for lack of a better word, like I love helping my clients and I love connecting with people. That's why I got into it in the first place. And maybe it's because I've gotten a little bit farther away from like the body image stuff and more just like back into personal training. But Mm -hmm. I also just feel like, oh, like exhausted by the fitness space of like everything is about like still, yeah. shrink your arms, tone your thighs, yeah. like all of just like this bullshit that like I don't want any part of. Yeah. And I know I should feel inspired to just like stay in it and change the narrative, but like no,
1: there's no shit in this realm.
2: I am one woman. I can't change it all. Yeah.
1: I know that's how I was feeling about education. Yeah, I
2: was a lot yeah. Of
1: just like I love my kids so much. Like I am so sad that I won't have that community. Yeah, like little greb- gremlins. <laughs> yeah, again. Um, but I'm like, public school, man. I don't know yeah. what school's school is like because I never went to it, nor did I teach in it. But like, F it. Yeah. Just for the birds. Huh? Yeah. And it just like took a lot of balls to actually admit that, you know? I'm yeah. not saying that you don't have balls, but like, I just,
2: I yeah. just wasn't
1: into it anymore.
2: And when it's like, there's so much information and so much misinformation on like TikTok and Instagram that, my job is constantly, which I'm sure you also ran into teaching. Like, I'm constantly being questioned. Mm-hmm. And if you're questioning me, why are you paying me $150 an hour? Mm-hmm. And not me, Lifetime, but or yeah. the company that I work for. <laughs> and <laughs>
1: not for long. I here to the bad side. She's coming into the fun employment. <laughs>
2: but, like, for real, it's like, if I am a professional, I am trained, I have certifications, like, if you don't trust me, why are you paying me all this money, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not here to convince you, I'm not here to be your entertainer and your performer and entertain you through an hour, like, yeah. I'm here to help you with your goals and help you with, like, your relationship with movement and, like, I don't know, so I'm just trying to figure that out, but okay. it's fine.
1: Well, I'm here when you figure it out, and I'll just be tagging along with whatever you decide. Yep. <laughs> um, I love that. Okay, so… Rose,
2: do you have a rose. rose? Yes, I feel like I'm allowed to say it because by the time this episode comes out, because we're going to do your Caitlin and Chad mm-hmm. one for this week. Okay, yeah. okay, cool. So by the time this one comes out, yeah. it'll That's already sweet. be on social media. I'm an auntie, it's like the pie ever. Auntie Mandy reporting for duty. Yes, a little nugget. yes. I love so, so much. congratulations. Thanks. It like is like it has fully further confirmed that my heart is physically not ready to be a mother because it never is i haven't even met this sweet little girl mm-hmm. and like seeing i cried when i saw pictures in the like 6 a.m i finished up my first session at the gym looked at my phone burst into tears and screamed mm-hmm. to the middle of the gym my mom sends me a video of her hiccuping burst into tears i'm like she is not even my own i mean she's my blood but like not like my she didn't come from my womb out of your right a good i can't take credit for that <laughs> can't handle it no, my heart no. grew three sizes that day Oh, so. Okay, yes <laughs> so happy day so how oh about you
1: my gosh oh i feel like there's there's a lot of good going around um I would say that the other day I was watching um, TikTok and one of the girls, it was actually on our our channel, so I wonder if you saw it. Someone was saying like, dreams that I have, but I'll never admit out loud. And they listed these couple things. Mm, And the first one was starting a podcast. And I was like, that has been on my like secret, oh, my belly's rumbling, (laughs) or like my secret vision board yeah. for years and I feel like I didn't have the guts to like admit it to someone and I'm so happy that we started this because yeah. like it does take a lot of just putting yourself out there and like we're doing so much but this is a bucket list item of my entire life. Like, yeah. Like it's so – I'm so proud of us for just going for it. Me and, too. And, you know, we're not billionaires quite yet but like we're we'll just – We'll get there. Look out. Uh, okay. a little what, – what was the quote you said to me? You texted me like – everyone that is like successful is a little delusional at first or something. Yeah. (laughs) You have to be a little delusional. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just – we're just going to manifest it and we're just going to keep plugging along and, or I'll speak for myself. I don't, no. know, so I don't have to carry you if you don't want to come. No, I totally but agree. It's just, I just feel really proud, honestly, of this podcast because it is a lot, of, a lot of work. Like yeah. everyone asks me how it is and I'm like, it's a lot of work, like, Yeah, but it's stuff I would love to do. I, there's not one thing that I'm doing that I'm like, I don't like doing this. No. And I feel like you and I have a really good Except friendship. Except
2: for the technology. I just can't. I'm so <laughs> But bad. I don't
1: even mind it. Like I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I don't mind
2: right. it. I don't mind it. I'm just like, I'm going to mess it yeah. all up. And <laughs>
1: I just feel so thankful for our friendship like when i was getting stressed out about like one of the elements of the podcast i was just honest to you and i'm like listen i can't do this and you were like why are you stressing about this This is ridiculous but i just feel so thankful for you and our friendship and this little business that we've blossomed
2: you know i'm feeling totally the same and i feel like especially in the last like six months where i have just been Uh, emotional up and down roller coaster with my mental health. It has been such a light. And I was getting emotional thinking about it the other day where I was really kind of reflecting on all the stuff I was just talking about in terms of, like, what are my goals? And like, what am I working towards? Because I'm not feeling inspired in certain realms of my life, but I'm feeling so inspired by this and like the good that I know that we can do. Like, I feel like there are so many amazing podcasts out there, but there's also so much out there especially in like influencer culture if you will and all of that where it's like everyone looks exactly the same everyone talks exactly the same and i don't see myself and a lot of those people and a lot of it is such fluff and like don't get me wrong some of it's super entertaining and like there's a place for that but like i just feel like i know that we can make a big impact and like Mm -hmm. uplift voices and Make other people feel seen, and I think if we stick just to that, like core foundation, yeah, yeah, that value, that like I know we're gonna go the distance, and like even if we impact like a handful of people, I would be happy, right? You right. know. So
1: speaking of,
2: we yeah, a really
1: special guest on today's episode. His name is Caden, and he is um, a friend of mine that I've known from high school. Uh, we hadn't we hadn't spoken in more than a decade, but we kind of – or I reached out and I'm like, hey, you're coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we just got done recording with him and it was a really special one. I feel like me and, me and Amanda hopped off and we were like
2: <gasps> – Full body chills. <laughs> Full body
1: chills. Like everything that he was saying is so inspiring mm-hmm. and he's so brave. And I feel like this story is going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, he is a member of the LGBTQ community and I feel like he spoke to everyone, you know, I feel like that's why it was so special is that it wasn't in particularly for a queer person. It was for humanity. Yeah. (laughs) And that's really special.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I feel like just so much of what he said is gonna resonate with people, even just in everyone's journey of like living their truth and whether that's a career change or, you know, your relationship or whatever it is. I think people are going to and his motto
1: on life. I'm pretty sure we need to make a t-shirt about that. And absolutely. also I'm like, I need to do better. I need to do more for myself. Yes. Same. <laughs> I need to
2: choose me. Yeah. <laughs> I go and like go to the airport. I'm like, I'm out. Yep. Text mail. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a little bit longer. Yeah, You're good, right? <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, also, I shouldn't have to make a disclaimer because like, I think we all know that I'm a jokester. But like I mentioned religion a few times in the episode and like if you have faith I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that life is hard and if you have something to like keep you going that's so wonderful. Obviously the type of religion I'm talking about are the people that are judgmental and hateful towards others and that's all there is to be said about that. That's all. All right. enjoy yeah oh also actually real quick I'm gonna plug one thing pride related um Thursday June 29th for all of my girlies that are in the Boston area me and my friend Angelo are hosting a really fun pride ride at Lifetime Medford you do not have to be a member to come just like shoot me a DM on Instagram if you want to come and I'll get you in there. But it's gonna just be like a really fun celebratory hour. We got um,
1: Do you have to spend the whole hour
2: you honestly I don't care if you sit on that bike and just like dance on the seat or stand off in the corner and dance in the corner like Mm. you don't even have to move your legs. But we bought um, pride sweatbands pride (laughs) flags. We are gonna like have a good time and um there's an option to donate to a local organization called bagley that supports queer and trans youth in the boston area um so i'll put up the link to that if you just want to donate um but if you want to come to the ride then we'd love to have you that's all awesome cool bye Bye. love you
0: how are you guys
1: we're doing well. So this is Amanda and obviously you know me from like a decade ago,
0: which is so I funny. do.
1: We're old, huh? Which is really kind
0: of funny because like you look exactly the same to me, but I know you can't say that to me. So <laughs> I can't
1: say that's you. You look incredible though. You really do. Thank I was thinking you. Thank driving so here because like I obviously stalked you on your Instagram and stuff, and I just feel like when I was looking at your pictures, like you can just look like in your eyes how happy you are and i'm like actually excited to talk to you because i feel like more than anything i just want to collect your energy because i know like from just your smile and just the way that you're living like you're such a beautiful soul and i just am so excited to like hear all about you
0: thank you so much yeah I'm, i'm excited to do this today this should be uh this should be fun and you guys caught me at the perfect time because pride kicks off tonight here in providence so this is like my pride free game right now. Yeah, so, yeah. get you hyped up. Time.
1: Yeah, he like, just yeah. for his drink, he's like chugging his eye. It I'm is kidding. Friday, so like, live your yeah. truth.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh my cool. god! love it.
1: Cool, um, so yeah, welcome to Literally Nothing Matters podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Um, so, Kaden and I know each other from high school, probably even before. Do you? Remember I think before you?
0: that, yeah. I think probably more like middle school, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's so cool. So we knew each other kind of growing up, and uh-huh. I had written and like we wrote a couple questions down that we want to talk about. And <laughs> Amanda was reading through the questions, and I said something like um you know i wanted to bring up our background of playing basketball together and how i barely knew what a basketball was <laughs> and amanda was like
2: same
1: what a, like tell me more about this but anyways so we want to start by just having you kind of introduce yourself and kind of share who you are as a person what kind of sparks your light and any hobbies or passions that you want to you want to share with our audience
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. So I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, I think probably the most prominent interaction was freshman basketball, which is like funny that you bring (laughs) that up because like I also had
2: no idea that this girl ever was on a basketball team, which is (laughs) fucking the most hysterical thing to me. It was was very
0: short-lived for me too. Like I look back on basketball and I'm like, I've been an athlete my whole life, but that was probably like, if I had to pick one terrible athletic experience it was probably freshman basketball like that would probably be the one that was that
1: actually makes me feel better because I did not go well alone in this experience and
0: i say that
2: from a place of like i played zero organized sports growing up my parents made me try everything and i was horrible at everything so i feel seen by that yeah Mm -hmm.
1: anyways (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah. So like I I, you know, grew up in Marblehead, went through the Marblehead public school system. And that was kind of just what I was doing. I was an athlete there. And, you know, that was that was kind of like the bulk of growing up. I was like a a shyer kid. You know, I didn't necessarily um like go out on the social scene a lot, like in high school or anything like that. I was definitely very reserved, very quiet. And I think that's changed a lot these days. Um, I think like there's something that happens when you kind of authentically find who you are inside and then you're able to kind of bring that into the world in a different way. And it's been kind of a really exciting journey. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I guess like where I'm at with my life now, um, I live in Providence, Rhode Island. I moved back here a couple years ago um, from Boston, but I did go to school out here um, in college as well. So I just kind of knew, I always wanted to come back to Providence it's like a very queer artsy city and just like has a really great uh community here so it's it's a lot of fun um it's you know just kind of has the community vibes that I was looking for that I wasn't getting in Boston I felt it was just a little too big for me which is funny because Boston's not a very big city it's pretty small but (laughs) yeah yeah so I was just kind of like you know I love Providence you can pretty much walk to everything it's great um professionally I I work in tech I'm you know a corporate recruiter so I I recruit pretty much software engineers um that's kind of my day job I work from home with my pets and just kind of do my thing you know it's a pretty uh average life I'm living over here I play in the um the gay flag football league in Providence which is a lot of fun like on the weekends uh I'm a landlord I own a rental property down the down the road um so yeah I think like it's it's funny kind of talking about things like this now because I find when I kind of started this like transitional journey, there was so much to talk about and just like so much to unpack with that and now i I go to talk to people and I'm like, my life is so normal mm-hmm, <laughs> now yeah. it's, it's really like it surprises people a lot, but I'm like i'm I'm so average but
2: that's, there's that. something so beautiful about the average life you know that's exactly
0: right like Like I think just
2: so at peace and
0: that's exactly it is like I say this to people all the time it's really hard to explain but like having this average life at 31 is like something I never imagined that I would have that was like a pipe dream for me Mm -hmm. um I think I never even saw myself being 30 years old to be honest like I never saw my life kind of coming together in a way that was going to feel authentic to me. So I kind of delayed finding a career. I kind of delayed all these things and I just continued chasing education because I felt very comfortable going to school and like taking classes online and like working towards something that wasn't necessarily going to like put me out in the world where I would feel like I had imposter syndrome or like I shouldn't be there. So I just kind of continued pursuing different degrees and things like that and kind of delaying finding a career because I didn't know what I wanted to do or just have any semblance of like who I was professionally or like wanting to be in a professional setting or anything like that. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like now kind of like having my career and like just kind of living a normal life is so refreshing and nice that people can't really grasp that the way that I can, like, I just, I really, really enjoy every aspect of, like, my really boring normal life, so.
2: I <laughs> love that. I love that so much. That's so great. Yeah. Um. No, and I feel like even, you know, beyond, like, trying to find yourself, and, like, I think that can be, like, people can relate to that on, like, so many different levels, too, because there's totally. so much of that pressure of, like, you're a child, and, like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life exactly well and then people end up in these situations that they hate or that they like don't align with and i think that's a really refreshing take too of like taking your time and doing things that like we always talk about things that feel good and that seem to like align and then eventually it all just falls into place
0: Totally. Yeah. It's like, it's never a linear journey, but eventually you kind of hit your stride. And like, yeah. if you're just patient and you're patient and resilient, like you'll get there eventually. It's just, can be a slog sometimes, but.
2: Yeah. Get there. Absolutely. Um, well, okay. We wanted to see, you know, as much as, as much or as little as you're comfortable with kind of talking through a little bit of what your journey has been like. And in a way that people that are listening um, who maybe are not living their truest version of, you know, themselves in their lives might be able to um, feel seen a little bit or other people just to like understand more too and have, yeah, more of that like connection to it.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, so as much or as little as you'd like to share, you know, what were some of like the biggest challenges, the biggest wins, the connections that you made along the way. And obviously it all ended up so wonderful for you now, as you were saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think like just kind of hitting on the the important points of the journey. So I know like everybody's experience is very different. Um, I'm, you know, never trying to be kind of like the projection of the community. Like this is just kind of my own journey. Right. um and that's not but, your
2: job either is to be
0: like let me tell you everything that there is yeah. to know like yeah like I realize like I, I'm in a very fortunate position and my experience has definitely come with a lot of privilege to it that a lot of people you know don't necessarily have you know I, I grew up with a lot of resources to be able to make this happen fairly quickly for myself and things like that And I know not everybody has access to that so I just kind of want to be transparent about that before I go into what my journey has looked like, because I know I have definitely had some struggles, but I've also had a lot of privilege along this journey as well. So I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that. Um, But basically, yeah, so for me, it was interesting. I think like kind of growing up, especially in a place like Marblehead, and I know Marblehead's changed a lot now, um, but kind of growing up there, I really didn't feel like I had any verbiage around Any queerness at all I felt like like it was it I felt like it was a very small population, at least in our school system, um, not very kind of well explained or taught to like students in school like I don't think it was a thing that was talked about a whole lot. Um, And definitely not something that was like very prominent in the community, at least like outwardly um, from my experience. It's not something that I experienced like within my family or anything like that. So I think I just kind of like definitely repressed a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, might have been kind of coming up internally for me. Um, And I think that's why I was such a shy person back then is just because like I didn't understand why I felt different and I didn't have the verbiage to talk about that so I just kind of like kept it as an internal like I'm just shy and this is how I'm gonna walk the world I guess so that was kind of like how that went and then I think uh something happened when I went to college which was like you get a new opportunity to kind of like be somebody that nobody knows about and so that for me was like a really big moment where I was like, I'm gonna go into college as bi. Just like, I'm just gonna go and just say it from day one. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, because I think for me, like family was really something that was holding me back. I think it was something that I was like, very, very afraid of what my family was gonna say about. And this is this was just me thinking that I was gay at that point. Like, so um. I think that was something like going to college and having this environment where you can kind of create yourself all over again, was really appealing to me. And so I went in there. Sure enough, like four days into school, I was like already in a relationship with a guy. And that was like, what are you doing? Like, literally, what is going on here? It, it, I was just kind of like, I wasn't hitting my stride. I got placed in the all girls dorm, like the experimental all girls dorm, of course. <laughs> great. And so I was right. like, oh, perfect, like, this is gonna go really well. Um, so of course, like, I'm now trying to fit in with like this, this like very sorority like aspect that I didn't ask for kind of going into school. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll just like get a boyfriend and like be friends with all these people and, you know, whatever. So that just kind of spiraled into more of like trying to repress things. And so the way that this kind of came about is I ended up getting asked on a date online by this girl from Providence for Valentine's Day. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to like do this. But I told all my roommates that I was going out with a guy so because i just like wasn't i wasn't ready to own it yet and um so i like went on this date and i was like oh yeah like we are very gay this is a thing. So,
1: <laughs> I feel like it's feeling too good
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> but so how that,
2: good did that probably feel not to put like words in your mouth or anything of like oh wait it can feel like this
0: <laughs> yeah like so overall like that was a, a really interesting realization um but at the same time, it made everything really complicated because I was like, now I this is something that I actually have to like own um, and kind of like bring this as my new life or whatever. And so I did start doing it like on campus and in college and stuff. I, I got involved in like women's rugby, which is like the gayest sport you can ever play and like <laughs> all these, <laughs> these other things. So I just like completely like tried to shift my entire like community and what I was doing at school and everything. Um, But long story short, basically word got back to Marblehead that this is what was going on. I'm not really sure how that occurred, but my parents found out. um, And that became like a big tumultuous landslide of years, basically, where it was like, it wasn't kind of like outwardly, like we don't support this, but it was more like you didn't tell us and now we feel betrayed and like, we don't really know how to support you because you're not talking about it, but you don't want to talk about it. And just kind of all this stuff. Um, and so it just kind of spiraled a lot, you know, it, it was not easy for anybody and I'm also owning my part of that, that I didn't make it easy for them the way that I kind of navigated that process as well. Um, but so, you know, I went, several years kind of like with this very tumultuous relationship with my family um but I did find a long-term girlfriend my second year of college um who I went on to like get my dog with and we graduated together and like got our apartment and you know all that kind of stuff so um that was something that like they were able to kind of see that relationship build and like see that it was a very real thing and that kind of helped them um come into kind of accepting that part of my life so we were able to get to a part where you know we accepted that i was gay and like i was going to go on to have a relationship with a woman and you know all this kind of stuff um and then a few years after that i was working at my college as the um director of lgbtq affairs or the graduate assistant of lgbtq affairs but it was like the only position that dealt with lgbtq anything there um and so i was working there like during my masters kind of doing my um like thesis work there with those students. And I decided um, that like through working with those students, I had learned so much about like trans identity and queer identity that I didn't really know enough about before um, just through working with kids that were experiencing their own identity issues. And I realized that kind of like, as I was coaching them through that, I was also kind of coaching myself through things I didn't necessarily realize I wasn't allowing to come up in my life at that point and um, that's when I kind of like made the decision that I was going to transition and I was dealing with so much anxiety around my family at that point that I was I didn't have a very good relationship communicating with them at all. Um, so I ended up writing letters back to Marblehead um, and was just like, you know, I already have a date to start my hormones, this is something I've already decided to do. Um, if I lose you, I lose you. But like, I'm choosing me at this point. Like, this is a choice that I'm making for my life. And like, I have my support system here in Rhode Island. And if you're you can't be a part of it, then I'm sorry, but like, you can't be a part of it. And so, that was just like a big choice I made. That kind of was the catalyst for basically everything. Like my my motto now is just like always choose yourself. You know, it, things will fall into place if you choose yourself. But like, if you don't do that, you're never gonna get out of your rut. So just like whoever whoever is is eventually going to be along for the ride will be there but you never know who that's going to be until you choose you so wow i love um, that like yeah. drop
2: we get a same we're like, going by that that week. was perfect <laughs> thank you wow and that's, that's it. so inspiring <laughs> and you're
1: so brave wow okay well I'll
0: let you so what there. actually yeah. happened like as i started going through this i knew that my mom was going to be the biggest challenge um because we had already had like just a whole bunch of challenges around me coming out as gay and like she grew up in the south and it was just kind of, you know, a more difficult situation for her. Okay. Um so I knew it was going to be hard. So when I wrote letters back to my family, I wrote one to my dad and my stepmom, one to my mom and my stepdad, and one to my grandparents. Okay. And so I sent them sent them all out. Um but I had an extra kind of paragraph in my letter to my dad that was basically saying you know, my biggest concern here. I'm not worried about you guys accepting me. I am worried about mom. Like, and basically kind of outline like she's never made me feel accepted. She never made me feel comfortable, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, I accidentally sent that one to my mom. Oh, Mm. shit. Rip that (laughs) bandaid right off. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, that was a thing that she had to cope with was like actually seeing it laid out that like, this was a way that she had made me feel for all these years. And um, yeah, that was, it was like really tough. But looking back, I think like, that was probably one of the most important things that happened throughout that entire process. Because now, like, my mom and I talk like four times a week, we're like, really, really like this close, probably the closest person in my family. That's but funny. like, she really had to have that moment where she was like, I need to acknowledge that this is something I'm doing and I need to do the work to get out of this. And so like since then she's like gone to conferences, she's wow. donated clothes to queer centers for trans women. She's like she, she took like literally all the clothes she bought me like in high school that I didn't want, like all these designer things and donated them to a trans women shelter. And like it's just like she's really kind of done this whole 180 in recognition of that like paragraph that I Accidentally put in that letter, so it just like it it all worked out the way it was supposed to work out. It's just like it was a very like up and down tumultuous yeah. journey. Um, I ended up like going on hormones in March of twenty sixteen, and then I ended up having top surgery in January of twenty seventeen. So it was a very quick turnaround for me. Um, which, again, is not something that most people are able to, to make happen. Um, my whole family ended up surprising me in Florida for my surgery and um, got, like, they, like, my dad's side came down, my mom's side came down, they both, like, rented places for me to stay. Wow. Um, so I thought that was something I was doing alone, and they all ended up coming. Like, my siblings were there, everybody was there. So mm-hmm. it was just, like, a really, really powerful experience, I think, for everybody to kind of come together around and like my whole family's been closer since this has all happened so wow. it's really just been like kind of a roller coaster of a journey but we made it
2: yeah made that's it. so great and it's like you said it's like you chose you and you were super honest with yourself and with all of them and you know then they were able to be there
0: like it took a little bit things, of
2: time.
0: yeah I think one of the biggest things is like the unknown right so I think a lot of what parents and and things like that the reason that reaction of non-support comes up I think is is fear-based right it's like at all this your child that you've known your whole life as one person is suddenly telling you there's somebody else and that's a really scary experience you know and I can I can definitely acknowledge that but like now that my mom and I can kind of unpack you know now she's like I realize I never knew you you know before like i realized i had two kids that were very different you and your brother were super different i never understood why and now it's like i see you for who you are and i i know that i never knew you before like i know this is who you're supposed to be and so i think sometimes like if you make that choice to choose you first it takes those other people actually seeing you manifest your life for what it's supposed to be and actually seeing oh this really isn't that scary this is actually a good thing yeah but it takes a while to get there you know it's it's not an overnight process and sometimes people just have to see it to to actually realize that it's it's what's supposed to to happen yeah
1: it's so funny when you talk I can just tell how processed you are like you have done the work right like you can talk about this and it is like Mm -hmm. another lifetime ago. Like it's so incredible, but I'm sure that you really put in the work to get to this place. Um, As you were talking, I was thinking a little bit about how, I have a one year old now and um, before having her, I was an educator in Marblehead Public Schools for six years. And I'm thinking of ways like I have been in situations with families of children who um, are thinking of like who they want to become right they're questioning all of these big questions in their head and they're so little and I try to support them in different ways. Going through this process, what are ways that we can support children who are questioning their identity um, from a very early on age, what can I do for my my daughter um, to support her in becoming whoever she wants to become in her life.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great question and I think it's a really relevant question especially now like this is a really prominent dialogue in politics right now and and everything is like censorship around children and what should they be exposed to and how do we talk to them and all that kind of stuff and I think it's really important. So I actually went through a unique experience because when I started transitioning my little sister was 6. Um so I had my my parents had my half sister when I was in high school. So Um, she was very, very young when we started kind of going through this process and they were less concerned about kind of their feelings around it. They were more concerned of how do we tell her, you know, that her only sister is becoming her brother now, Mm -hmm. you know, like, how do we explain this? How do we explain you have a new name? How do we, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I think that especially with kids, like I found that she was the one that took the least work. To be honest, like okay. she picked it up, it, they they were like we literally had no conversations with her around.
1: I was us. gonna say, were you explicit, and you were like, this is what's going to happen, or we just-
0: literally like didn't sit her down, we didn't have a conversation around it, we just kind of said, Kayla's going by Caden now. Yep, he's your brother like that was it and she was just like all right cool <laughs> oh, like, that is like so the purest important. and she's <laughs> like, she's like 15 right now we're super close like yeah. she it like went like nothing it was totally fine mm-hmm. but like i think when when you're dealing with kids who are going to school and things like that i have i have a really close um set of friends they're a lesbian couple and they have a daughter who is 4 and now going to school and being exposed to other kids who are you know, kind of asking questions about different clothing and, like, gender roles. They have a boy in in their class who wears dresses to school. And, like, it's, this is such a normal thing for kids. It's, it's what they get at home that complicates it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, like, like, yeah, like, kids are so, so their daughter, who is always exposed to having two moms, and that's totally normal for her, came home from school one day and asked her mom why she was wearing boy clothes because a kid at school said something about her mom wearing boy clothes. Mm. And she had never thought of it that way. And so like, they came to me asking, you know how can we approach this situation with her at this point? Like, we don't know how to start talking about this. She's She loves makeup and dresses and all this stuff. And she doesn't understand, There now she's learning there's separation, right? does there need to be? Probably not. But like, that's what she's learning at school. So they decided to talk to her about drag queens and be like, look, like boys can dress up in makeup and dresses too. And like, they can put on shows and dance and it's super fun and totally normal. And then like, they go back to being this and that's totally fine. Or like, some just go to be that forever. And that's what they want to do. You know, it's, so I think like there's no real easy answer to it. Like everyone's gonna kind of approach this in a different way. But after they showed her like the clips from Drag Race and like they filtered out like which ones they should show her, they're not obviously like, <laughs> yeah, sitting right. in they're front like, of RuPaul yeah, and like RuPaul. yeah, yeah, no, that's not how it went. But <laughs> um, but so like the next day they found her um, Little Mermaid Eric doll in a dress with makeup like in Love her it. room. Yeah. And so it's like, clearly that that made the connection for her. Like she was able to like actually make that connection. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be totally different. Like you gotta meet kids where they're at, I think. But I think the biggest thing is like when you're at home with them, like try not to gender specific things like colors and like verbiage around uh, like who's doing specific chores and things like that. I know that's things that are more like media based now like gender roles. I mean in my opinion at like at least in the circles I run and they typically have gone you know pretty much by the wayside but I think it's important especially with kids when you're kind of setting those expectations is like try to ungender things as much as possible when you're at home It's like such an easy thing to do to to just kind of like if if they pick up a like a different kind of toy at the store or something like that that's not what you might expect like maybe talk to them about that for a minute see if something's coming up around that you know like, it's, it's, it's hard with kids because they don't necessarily have like the verbiage to talk about these things and like what's going on. Yeah. So it's kind of more just like play off of them. But I think as long as you're coming from a place of care and like coming from a place of listening mm-hmm. before kind of like telling what to do and how to do things, kids will generally guide you to where they need to go as long as they don't feel pushed into one direction. Yeah, I love that. That was really long-winded, but no, that, was
2: that was great. Perfect. Yeah, I also feel like um like I wonder if your journey would have been different too if like you just had had more exposure to different anything different than just the regular, not regular, that's the wrong word, but like how we grew up where 100%. there was like one lesbian wedding ever on a TV show and like there just wasn't representation. And like totally. that's that's the importance of representation, right? Is so you can see yourself in all these different scenarios and feel validated in who you are instead of being so confused and like down on yourself almost for so long. That's not exactly a problem, it's just a state. Yeah. State. I mean, if but you're
0: like, if if you're not seeing these things out in the world as possibilities you're never going to feel like you're in a normal situation. So it's right. it's like when you're cut off from those visuals, you don't know that they're happening. You don't know that they exist. And so that makes you feel very much like something's wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but something is wrong because I don't see anybody that is fitting what I feel like I am. Yeah. But then you start to see now, especially like, We have so many different queer shows. We have all these different things coming up in the media now that are making these things really prominent and they are getting in front of kids and parents and there are resources coming out for parents to be able to help their kids if they are struggling with these things. And yeah, it's creating a totally new landscape for how kids are able to express themselves. And I think that's why we are having so many issues politically right now around trans kids and things like that it's not that the agenda is being pushed and more kids are being trans it's that there are more resources and kids are learning what these things are easier so that they're able to see themselves a lot clearer more early in their life yeah right so it's yeah it's like it's it's totally different everyone's pinning it on adults who are pushing this agenda on children but really it's you're just giving them access to learn who they are faster
2: yeah and listening to them and validating their feelings
1: (laughs) and this is just making me think of when i was teaching there was like a really big teaching strategy we were being taught of the idea of windows and mirrors right so like Mm -hmm. all of your curriculum your books what you speak about should be basically half and half a window into like someone else's life, mm-hmm. right? Like show the books of people of color, show the books with two moms, show the mm-hmm. books with two dads, show the books with the grandmother raising the kids, you know, mm-hmm. like give it all to kids so that they can see it. Like this is our world. We're, we're not all white. We're not all in heterosexual relationships, you know? Right. Um, and then the other half of the curriculum could be mirrors, right? Yeah, yeah. You can read Flat Stanley because you're a little white boy in my classroom, you know. <laughs> yes. But like, not all of us are little white boys in the classroom, you know. Right. So it's like just giving the opportunity to show that there's not just one way of living, right? Um, which I think is what you're saying too, and super important, just as an educator.
0: Yeah, especially as an educator. Like, I think there's there's huge conversation right now around banning books and things like that, and it's oh, like
2: so frustrating
0: yeah, it's like all they are 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 resources. You're letting kids explore different avenues of just what they're going to see out in the world. This is how you raise people to be compassionate, empathetic individuals is by letting them know that there are differences out there.
2: (laughs) Right. And they're beautiful and you can learn so much from other people and they should be celebrated. And I also hate that it's now like, the argument is like, you're sexualizing your children. Like, Ugh. no, bitch, you are sexualizing it. It has nothing yeah, to do no with that. no one
1: talks about sex in the classroom. Right. I promise, no. no one talks about sex like, in the classroom. Literally no one
2: is doing that except for you and your creepy priest at the church you dragging them it's
0: weird that you're thinking that that's what's happening. Like, sure,
2: right, <laughs> like, why are you going there? Yeah. you and your creepy <laughs> priest. <laughs> It's
0: true. I'm going to get cancer.
2: Oh my
1: God.
0: Um. It's just like, it's just like, like the trans bathroom thing. It's just kind of like, why are you so concerned? Like yes. with other people's genitals? I'm not really, con- it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest argument to me. Right. And, and just also- kind of like, the really interesting part of that. I mean, not to go on a tangent about like bathroom bills or I Love
1: tangents, yes. <laughs> but like the the
0: weirdest thing about that that I feel like so many people are forgetting is like trans men get left out of the bathroom conversation. Like mm-hmm. it's it's all about predatory men wearing dresses going into women's bathrooms, but, who are actually just like literally women trying to pee. Yes. And, the, the flip side of that coin, though, is, like, do you actually want, like, male-identified trans men walking into women's bathrooms? Is that, right. is that really? better? Like, should I be going in there? Is that going to be received better?
2: <laughs> and, like, so you're validating, like, the whole thing of, like, oh, these predatory men. So, like, you're validating that, like, men are the fucking problem, right? Oh, like, I, you know? I absolutely
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, like it I has absolutely... nothing to do with
2: trans people being the problem it's men no, are I predatory. literally men the worst i'll tell way. you the
0: worst part of transitioning the entire like the absolute worst part of transitioning for me like without question has been having to go into men's bathrooms like <laughs> yes.
1: god say more
0: literally the worst like men <laughs> are the problem here like yeah. i don't want any part of that but i understand that like women's bathrooms are safe spaces for women so i am not welcome there and i understand but like yeah it's not fun going into men's bathrooms they're disgusting they're just no (laughs) it's the worst it's gross and like yeah they are predatory and they're i don't know it's just it's not my it's not my cup of tea but
1: I love that you
0: said that. (laughs) It's just like, it's, it's like that whole part of that debate gets overlooked because it's like, if you do ban trans women from bathrooms, you're, you're banning trans men from men's rooms. And now they're going to have to go like, that makes no sense at all.
2: Right.
0: And also like, if you want to talk about enforcing these rules, like, are you, are you literally going to have someone looking down people's pants at the door? Literally. How do you want to make that happen and then we're going to go talk about kids and now you're talking about like really risky behavior going mm-hmm. on there if you're going to censor that in schools no yeah No, so it's like none of these arguments make any sense No. and they're all rooted in literally nothing like if a man wants to assault yeah. a woman he's not going to put on a dress to go do it he's no <laughs> Like, They've
2: been yeah. doing it for decades, yeah. centuries without having to do that. So like
0: we there are literally no statistics of trans women assaulting women in women's no. bathrooms. But like there are plenty of statistics around men sexually assaulting women in women's bathrooms everywhere. Bathroom. So <laughs> like it's it's just like all these arguments are so mm-hmm. stupid and they all boil down to we're trying to censor the world from trans people. Like yeah. we just don't want them here and it's it's just stupid. We're going to be here. Like, we kind of have to be sometimes. That's a thing. We're here. So So, like, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a weird situation because I feel like people classify our community as like, especially people that just don't interact with the the queer community a lot, have this idea of the trans community as like this deviant, like freakish, (laughs) like genderless blob kind of community where it's like everybody is like costumed all the time and just like it's just like this weird vision that everybody has and it's like we are literally normal people that do normal things and like you probably walk by a trans person like maybe five times a day in your life and you just have no clue yes because we're just everywhere like doing normal things that you would never notice right right
1: it's so funny as you talk because I think a lot of people get uncomfortable or like they feel like they're not going to say the right thing when they speak about the LGBTQ plus community um and I find in my experience I always find it way more easy to speak to friends that are in this community and who hold space for people in this community like if I mess up if I say something wrong like I know you're not going to like you know get really mad you might educate me yeah like my friends have educated me plenty of times um but I find that when I speak to the other spectrum of, of of who you are, I can't get a word in. Everything I say is wrong. And I'm not being educated, I'm being told, right? I'm being like told to fear. Like I'm being taught that whatever I'm doing is wrong, 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 wrong. And yeah. so it's just so interesting when you speak because I just feel like I'm just talking to a friend right now. Like I might say something and if I say it wrong, please correct me and I know you would respectfully. But I know that if I speak to the opposite end of this, not going to be the same conversation
2: no. and so like Absolutely. I always
1: am like excited to have conversations with people in this community um and it's just funny as you speak because I just feel so open to just kind of like say how I'm thinking so thank yeah. you
0: yeah no that's a, like that's exactly a that's a great point too because I feel like one of the reasons that like we didn't have the verbiage for these things is like people are afraid to talk about it like people are afraid to talk about it and afraid to mess up and things like that and it's just like if you don't start talking about these things, they're never going to normalize. So I, like, I, you know, I do know people that, you know, just don't want to be like the educators and whatever. And that's totally fine too. But like, for me, I think like this journey opened up so much clarity for me and so much peace for me. Mm -hmm. And for me to not try and share that with the world, even if it changes one person's life, you know, like that would be enough. Like it it saved my whole life. So if I can, you know, do that for one person and help them figure that out, then like talking about it is what I'm going to do. And like, yeah, having an open platform doesn't always invite the nicest people. Like, yeah, you definitely do have to deal with some of those like keyboard warriors and occasionally like real life warriors that like are going to come at you in person and, you know, things like that. But it never outweighs like the ability to help somebody find a community and find like their sense of self and things like that. Like it never outweighs that. So I don't know. I just think I talking about it is so important. Educating is so important. Like creating open spaces for people to learn is so important. Um, Because if, if like, you don't provide those opportunities, everyone's just going to stay in their heads in their own little bubbles and never learn anything new or be open to anything new. So you know, we, we need people just willing to, to talk and like share space. And I really appreciate you guys like having, having the open dialogue today. It's, it's like a, it's really nice chill setting. So it's great.
2: (laughs) Well, I feel like that's, I mean, it's like really the reason why we started this podcast was just like, like there's the two of us, we have a very limited, you know, our own limited experiences of the world. So if we can, you know, somehow create a platform to lift up other people's voices, so we can, whether it's, you know uh the, the doula that we talked to last week and all of her different experiences that ended up being so much more layered than we expected yeah, them we to like, be oh and like gosh. it's just it's such a special thing just human connection of like
1: it's such a basic need
2: yes You know? yeah right opening up your minds and your hearts to other people and it is so funny I feel like yeah that whole problematic group of people that are so based in fear and like i'm sorry that you have been riddled with guilt and shame for your whole life from your religion <laughs> the religious people are going to come for me <laughs> yeah, they always, they always come for but us. it's just funny that i feel like everyone in the pretty much everyone that's an overarching statement but like you know pretty much everyone in the lgbtq plus community that i've ever really connected with it's like such a open inviting like accepting like magical experience it's like how
1: I go to how every is Prague this Festival so I can. like if I go to a city <laughs> and there's like anything to do with like the gay community I'm like Chad we're gonna go to this event like you will find us at every one of them they're so fun like yeah, you're saying. Yes. yeah.
2: it's just like such a it's an environment unlike anything else and it's it's like maddening that people can't just like put their shit aside and (laughs) just love
0: it is so unfortunate because like pride especially is like when you get to see like the whole culmination of it but like the community like everybody in the queer community is so different and has such a different journey and different Mm -hmm. like identity points and things like that but everybody is able to just kind of like acknowledge that celebration is because we're all different and because we've all experienced marginalization around those differences and it's a it's a commonality of like i mean the first pride was a protest right it's it's all about celebrating you know where we've gotten to and like just being able to enjoy those differences like Mm -hmm. have those differences publicly and have them celebrated and everybody kind of has their own thing going on and you know nobody's got to kind of be on the same page but we all accept everybody for who they are and that's kind of the way it works this is a really beautiful thing yeah like I think the whole world can take something from the queer community to be honest it's just very uh
2: a million percent like the world would be such a better place if like that was the way that people just thought in general like, like shouldn't be a be a people, person, should be a good person you're good yeah be yeah. a
0: good person, don't put people in boxes and just let everybody live their life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, so much happier. <laughs> right. I literally was going to ask you what pride meant to you. So you really jumped right into that one. So oh I wow.
0: Like, okay. You beat
2: me <laughs> to it. So that's perfect. Um let's see. A couple of things just to end it or to round it out as we near the end of our time. Um, well. I know you said that you felt like you had a little bit more of like a privileged journey through this and obviously i think it's lucky that during college you know it's a little bit easier to find those pockets of people um but do you have any advice for anyone else that might be trying to like figure their own stuff out like either resources that you know you think could be helpful or places to kind of find that support or anything of that nature
0: Definitely. So I think a lot of community happens on social media, especially when you're in an area that you might not have access to like a lot of um, social groups and things like that, that would be kind of aligned. Um, so I, I would definitely encourage people to try and connect with people on social media. I know I do a lot of communicating with people um, like from different parts of the world and different parts of the country on how they're you know, going to be able to navigate trying to get hormones and things like that. Um, just because they don't have like adults that they can talk to about it. So I think like if you can find somebody who's kind of been through the same situation, ideally in kind of your area, who knows how to navigate like your state laws and things like that, um, that can be super helpful. I think um, another thing which might be more geared towards like individuals who are kind of like a little on the older side, um, would be try to find like local community groups. Like when I moved to Providence and I was looking to kind of establish myself within the community and meet new people, I, like I said, joined the Gay Flag Football League um, so you meet so many people just like, like-minded of all different identities. My straight brother plays in the league too. It's like super fun for anybody who wants to to do it. It's just like a really welcoming adult community where you can meet friends and they have, um, but most, most cities will have that too. Like I know Boston has it. We, we also have kickball, dodgeball, like all sorts of different queer sports leagues, um, so like you can find things like that to kind of connect with people. If you don't know anyone, it's like a great way to to kind of meet people if you're in a city. Um, and then I would just say like YouTube was a huge thing for me um, when I was trying to navigate like, how do I start to talk about these things? Where do I buy a binder online? What are the best ones as far as reviews? Like you can find tons of people on YouTube who are doing reviews on products you might want or like able to explain step by step how they went about changing their name in a certain state and things like that. So YouTube can be such a great resource if you're looking for particular advice on how to navigate a certain process around this. Um, but my biggest piece of advice for like anybody who is is navigating any sort of identity crisis or just questioning or anything like that, is take a take a long look at what is holding you back from your next step and i i know that the answer for a lot of people when you really get to the core of it is going to be fear and it's going to it might be internal fear or it might be fear of response from somebody else but just know that it is a lot scarier to live in a A life and a world that doesn't feel like yours, and you don't think ever will, and you can't see it playing out. And so, my biggest piece of advice to anybody is just find a way to choose yourself first, and everything else will unfold from there. But you have to make that initial choice.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, thank you so much. And I'm going to connect with you again. Sorry, you can't get away from me. Um, (laughs) And uh, I hope to see you soon.
2: Have fun Bye. at Pride.
1: Yeah, woo! Rip it up. love it.
2: Bye. <laughs>
1: Bye.